This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another World of UX podcast. This is your host, Darren Hood. Thank you for taking the time to be with me on today and then check out the podcast, check out this episode, and welcome to those of you, as always, who are listening for the first time. As we have been mentioning the last couple of episodes, this is that special session that I was talking about where I have students of UXD, a representative, someone from the Brain Trust mm-hmm. of the students of UXD, Julia Fernandez here, joining us on today, and we're going to be uh, going back and forth. We're going to be ping-ponging a little bit, covering some of the mm-hmm. questions that were presented that we didn't get to cover during a recent speaking engagement that I had uh, with them. So welcome, Julia. What would you, uh, you can take this moment to have you introduce yourself and please, 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 please tell people about the wonderful things that you folks are doing with the students of UXD. Thank you so much, Darren. Oh my gosh, what an introduction. I'm so excited that people are excited for this episode. Um, hi, everyone. Thank you so much for listening in. My name is Julia Fernandez. Uh, my pronouns are she, her, and hers. And I am a designer and content creator and also vulnerable speaker. And as Darren mentioned, I'm also a co-founder of Students of UXD. Now, I'm so glad that you've already Uh, kind of introduced us, but just for everybody who doesn't know who we are, we're essentially a student-run organization uh, for students of UX design. And something that we really love to emphasize is the fact that we are for students of all ages. We feel that it's so important to recognize that whether or not you were a junior uh, coming in or have no idea about UX design but want to learn about it, or if you're already a senior, I don't know, UX manager, that you are still a student of UXD. So we are really an, or, an organization that focuses on being able to educate everyone, so students of all ages who are pursuing UX design, um, and we essentially create different events uh, to help engage our community, amplify voices, and also make sure that we are able to cover topics that are not necessarily covered in different UX curriculums and so on. So thank you so much for always engaging with us and always being open to have these very, very important conversations about UX design, Darren. Absolutely. Absolutely. And thank you for for letting folks know what the students at UXD are doing. Uh, I'm going to make sure that when I post my description of this episode, mm-hmm. I'm going to put a link in that description so people make it a little yeah. bit easier for people to be able to to go to your site, to check things out, to see what's going on. Mm-hmm. There are some great things going on in the, in the UX community. There's some weird things going on as folks that listen <laughs> to me already know that I talk about that all the time, but I also recognize that there are some great things going on too. And, and it's important I think for those of us who've been around for a while, those of us who do have a voice, those of Mm -hmm. us that do have a venue to make these things known to more people. So people can, can support people can engage uh, Mm -hmm. anything that we can do to take the discipline forward. So those things said, as mentioned, uh, we, uh, I spoke recently, uh, the talk uh, had, it, it was about education. 
Mm-hmm. My memory started correctly. Problem. It was a, yeah. yeah. Problems. The problem with UX education yes. and yes. how to optimize your learning journey. Absolutely. And, and man, that was so much fun. <laughs> that was yeah, so much fun. Was. I can't believe how many questions I've had about that topic since that time that I actually mm-hmm. am going to produce some, some, some takeaways, some resources for people to be able to make better choices about their education. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was in, very interesting before we even get into the, the Q and a, I thought it was really interesting that maybe two weeks after that, it was announced that Google launched a, a, uh, a UX certification program. And mm-hmm. I've had a few people who have reached <laughs> out to me and they have asked me for my take. And, and so I'm actually going to mention this. I said this last week, and some people really have like jumped on that and really have like embraced it and they're they're taking it to heart. But I want to mention it again as we start out today. Um, and I also want to I want to throw a little curveball because someone said something to me yesterday that I think is really critical as well. Uh, and, and I mean critical in a we need to make sure we apply critical thinking way to it when it comes to education. It's important to know and understand that there are principles, there's a science associated with education, and they've been around for a long time and they work. These are, uh, UX is relatively new, mainstream, anyway, really sort of ramping up in the late 90s and and then it still seems to be like evolving and shaking and moving and there's a lot of uncertain ambiguity that people are being subjected to. Education is not 20 years old. (laughs) This is something that has been around the best way to educate people, how the human brain works with regard to education. I'm getting my PhD in educational leadership. There's a lot of things that, that we need to take into account anytime there's going to be some type of an educational venture. Anytime somebody is is taking upon themselves or, or engaging, I should say in educating whoever it is that's interested in being educated. That said, the institutions, that are taking upon themselves to educate people should be folks who specialize in such. Mm-hmm. And, and while I, I, I remember reading project Google, that that is like, I've read that book cover to cover for a class some years ago. I was, I was completely floored by what I saw in that book. It made me excited. I was, I was very happy to have been able to partake of the story uh, associated with Google However, Google is not Harvard. Google is not University of Washington. Google is not Carnegie Mellon. Google is not University of Minnesota. These are institutions that have been educating people. And yes, every educational institution has its challenges. That that, that just, there's no questioning that. However, that is still their specialization. And while Google is a successful company, they are not educators and they have zero experience in doing what institutions such as the ones I mentioned do. So uh, people have been asking me, what about this? Do you think I should go through this program? And I said, no, go to the Coursera U of M because Google's program is through Coursera. said, go Mm -hmm. to the Coursera U of M program because now you're dealing with a MOOC, a mobile uh, open online learning solution, uh, mobile mm-hmm. online uh, open online courses solution, but you're doing it in conjunction with a a a uh, a, an inst- uh, a or an organization 
that is accredited, sort of hunting for that word there, an accredited institution that knows about the science, knows what it takes, has good pedagogy, has mm-hmm. good instructors, not just somebody they pulled in from somewhere, which right. is which is the problem. I mean, because what Google is talking about doing is two throws away from being a boot camp. When you really look at it, where when you look at the structure of the UX boot camps, not only is there a pedagogical issue, not only is there a uh, an instructor issue, uh, there's just the the ethics associated with education are not something that's on their radar. Mm-hmm. And I'm not criticizing them per se. I'm just calling out some facts. So when you look at the higher learning institutions, they've got their ducks in a row. And accreditation is a huge deal. I, I cannot believe what goes into accreditation when I learned about it recently. I learned some more details mm-hmm. about that. And, and they jump through the hoops and they make sure that they've got everything in order. And so before you really commit to educating people, you either have to do that, or if you're just an individual, of course, you can be certified as an, mm-hmm. as an instructional learning desire or, or, or designer. But um, th- there's still people still need to be qualified to do the teaching, and there's still too much of this people who they, they just want to be heard, mm-hmm. or they take upon themselves to do it, and they don't know the science of learning. They don't know anything about what it takes to really educate people. So I steer people away from those things at all costs. So if you're asking me if I support those people who were asking me, uh, if I support that, I'm going to say no. And I'm going to say it's going to be a long time before I did, if I ever did. Because, uh, and and someone mentioned to me, this is the the part someone said yesterday, and the person had no idea how old I am. They apparently have not looked at my profile at all. That bugs me. That's a real pet peeve. If you're going to engage with people, look at their profile at least. Don't be lazy. Look at their profile. Find out who you're talking to. It will it will educate. You know, almost feel like Pee Wee Herman and and uh, <laughs> uh, ch- rubber chickens are supposed to fall from the ceiling at this point here. Um, and and uh, the person says, "Are you familiar with the story of Google?" I'm going. Are you kidding me? Do you realize that when they came on the scene that one of the biggest search engines at the time was Yahoo? Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm just reading what this person's saying. I'm like, are you kidding me? Are, really? You're asking me this? You're not looking at my profile? Really? I said, oh, I've got a couple of questions for you. Because he said, they're there because they're disruptors. They're disrupting education. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, let me ask you a couple questions. Are you familiar with Hotbot? Oh, no? Are you familiar with Northern Lights? No, you say? Oh, here's another question for you since you asked me if I'm familiar with such things. This this was my comeback, of which the person never responded, by the way. (laughs) I said, are are you familiar with IBM Display Writer? Now, if you answer yes to that, we'll continue the conversation on your terms. If not, please don't ask me a question about that. Again, I know you can't answer those questions because I know how old you are. And that's not an ageism statement. I, I, I just find it interesting that people will engage in a, in a way that demonstrates a lack of emotional intelligence. It's Google did a phenomenal thing when they disrupted the search world. Mm-hmm. Absolutely phenomenal. But they were disrupting a world that was about four or five years old. Not an enterprise element such as the educational world that's been around for the way as we know it 
at, for like some some universities are two two hundred years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're t- and, and then there was the science of education was already in place even before that. So Google, you you don't want to get caught up in what we call design arrogance, and and we'll extend that to I got to do a, a, a an episode on that once so people know what I'm talking about when I say design arrogance. But basically, in short. If you are good at one thing, that does not automatically mean you're good at, at whatever you put your your hand to. So Google should stay, as I like to say, in your lane because they're not educators. And they can try and people are going to learn something. But if you don't know anything, you're always going to learn something. That doesn't mean that they should be doing it. So that's a little inserted question, if you will, that comes from a conversation that some of us had on LinkedIn. Yeah. That's not their forte. And and they and as an educator, as a soon to be PhD in this world, thumbs down from me mm-hmm. uh, on that, and let University of Michigan and the other folks continue as they were. Uh, the person went on to say, "I will say this also, yeah, because because they're going to bring their program is going to be uh, uh, so affordable. It's going to be way cheaper than boot camps." And I said, "There are already programs that are cheaper than boot camps. There are a lot mm-hmm. of them. There are some good ones." So what are you saying? And the person never responded once again. So th- that's one of the dangers of, you know, social media. If you're going to interact out there. You got to be sharper. And so yeah. I hope people will hear this and take this in. But all that said, let's get into some of the good energetic stuff. Cause I know I probably just, uh, I just, no. got to, I just hit some people hard with that. I mean, I mean, <laughs> to speak to that as well. Like, I mean, you bring up completely valid points and as a, perhaps someone that can represent, you know, this newer age of folks that are trying to learn Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, learn well, as I might say, is it's really important to not be arrogant and to kind of, I, I, when you talked about, you know, having the dangers of, you know, design arrogance, I feel like there's also, um, a point to speak about, like, you need to be, you need to, have design or gain design humility and like yes. understand that like I'm coming in. I don't, I completely, <laughs> let me tell you, Darren, like I am very proud of not knowing anything. Like I can go into a room and be proud of being the most clueless person there. And I feel like that comes with, you know, obviously like it's different to be curious um, and different curiosity is different than being naive. I feel like it's yes. so important to come into the room, understanding that you're curious and you want to hear other perspectives. Cause I'm not going to suddenly call the shots and I can definitely see how, you know, how this particular certification can look a little bit more attractive than, you know, the other options out there, because I'm like, Google, I want to be like a UX designer at Google. <laughs> I, so therefore I must, you know, therefore I must be taught by them. And that's, that's a completely valid, Great point. I don't want to say trap, but like, it's a completely valid thing to be like connecting the dots. <laughs> this makes sense. But, you know, hearing your opinion as an educator is really important to, for me personally to hear just because I'm like, oh, I didn't even think about things that way. And the, yep. the way that you're saying to like social media can can um, in some ways persuade you um, about things that you don't necessarily like think about a little bit further. Um, and so hearing your perspective on it is genuinely a very important thing. Um, and I, I value that as 
um, someone that is, you know, relatively new, I want to say very, very new to um, (laughs) this world of UX. And I think, you know, people should feel a little bit more open to hearing these kinds of conversations and not just not responding. I feel like it has to be a conversation in order for you for anybody to learn. So I feel like it's, it's your points are valid and it's not something that people necessarily should just, I don't know, turn away from because it's valid. It's something that, you know, I, I myself have to remind myself to keep myself on check, you know, um, and make sure that I make good choices. So thank you for sharing that. That's an excellent point. You just made me think about something else too. Uh, and I didn't think about this when I was doing the talk on education for students of UXD, uh, mm-hmm. something I do on a personal level. And, and you made you made a statement about coming into the room and and not knowing um, mm-hmm. there is a philosophy that I have. And I think the people that are probably closer to me, like the people I interact with the most probably hear me mention this more than other people do, like people I've worked with. Mm-hmm. I have said things on the line of it is important when I want to be, I, Darren, no matter what I have known, I still, I still know that we never arrive ever when it comes to learning things. So there's always, you either represent yourself or, or re-expose yourself to something that you know that you probably know pretty well, mm-hmm. but you go into that situation and I'm plate up. I, I am, I completely sort of like lay aside whatever you think you know. And just sit there and I can I can present, represent myself to a or, or represent the topic to myself. But instead of going in there thinking, all right, well, I already know all this. Let me just go in here and listen to this stuff like I don't know anything. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that might sound awkward to somebody, but I do it all the time. I did not go to Syracuse to learn about UX. I did not go to Kent State to learn about UX. I went to both. I got master's degrees at both. I did not go to either of them to learn. I went to both of them in hopes of, let's see if I have any gaps. Let's see if there's any anything I can do where I can get better. Now, the Syracuse was mostly, let's get some paper because we don't have any, we don't have a master's degree. Let's get a master's degree. But when I mm-hmm. went to Kent, it was more about, you know, I like education. I feel like there's still some things I could be exposed to. And mm-hmm. I think that Kent's going to give me that opportunity. And it did. And 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 it, it impacted me tremendously. But if you go in there thinking that you know everything, the chances of being impacted is practically slim to none. Mm-hmm. So it's important to just forget about what you know. Forget about what you've accomplished. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. When, when you're exposed to information, because you never, ever, ever know what you're going to pick up in any given setting. And there are so many people with so many perspectives that that I, I want to be exposed to people who are pioneers. I, mm-hmm. I shared the stage recently with Alan Cooper at an event. Wow. What a man, what a treat that I had no idea. They called me up on stage. I had no idea. I, I, my microphone was off and everything. I, I, I didn't know. And, and they, they waited for me for a couple seconds so I could get everything turned on. And, and, mm-hmm. and I'd let him know how much I appreciated him and just phenomenal stuff. Uh, uh, I've met Jacob Nielsen before. I've met Susan Weinshank 
before mm-hmm. I've had opportunity to de- to to meet some of these people and to talk to them heart to heart, all very down to earth people that that were great to talk to. You sit and listen to them talk. You don't sit there hoping that you can say something so that you can show that you're up there with them or anything of that sort. I shut up. Mm-hmm. I only talked because they pulled me up on stage. I wasn't going to listen to Alan Cooper to compete with him or to sit there with my hand in my chin and think about what, what I already had. Or he can't tell me anything that needs to be a completely, I mean, we need to be completely void of ego, which mm-hmm. is important. If you're going to excel at UX anyway, go yeah. figure. You have to yeah. be void of ego. You need to be mature enough to suppress your biases that there's yeah. so many things that we need. So, so wherever you're going to learn, I would say people need to go wherever you're going to go, but but make sure that you check your your coat of ego at the door. Any any ego you have, lose it. Mm-hmm. Because it's just going to keep you from from making progress. Yeah. In the long run. So, we're having some I couldn't agree more. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, couldn't agree more. It's definitely it's it's one thing to like and you can feel it too in in a team dynamic, even yeah. in just like it doesn't have to be UX like talking to somebody about something that you've learned. It's People can, I feel like, especially nowadays, can be very defensive um, when it comes to knowledge and understanding yep. of things. And and to open this door of just being able to be vulnerable and not have judgment and not have preconceived notions, just I love this idea of just being able to stay curious and stay, uh, yes, yes. stay open is just so important. And so I'm really glad that you brought that up. Oh yes, absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But hey, let's get let's get into some of these questions. Let's see what what your folks came up with. Yeah, and have course. a ball with these. But I'm enjoying this already. We yeah. we better get to these <laughs> questions because I think Huli and I could sit here and talk, and next Honestly. thing you know, a half hour would go by, uh, which we've already out oh. all almost come up close to a half hour talking already. Yeah. We just enjoy. We were talking before we turned the recording on for what so <laughs> so. But let's get into these questions. Let let let's see what folks have that they want to yeah. hear about today. Okay, Julia is going to present the questions and I will respond. I'm sure there will be some some back and forth, some banter as we go, but all right, let's do it. Let's go. All right, sounds good. So the first question comes from M. Garcia and they ask about write, write, resume writing for when you are done with a UX program. Um, so they are transitioning out of a current field and have zero professional experience to add to their resume for UX. Should they add projects they worked on instead or other? This is a phenomenal question. And I think a lot of people are in this position. Uh, The first thing that comes to mind when I hear this question has to do with uh, people getting educated about resumes. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of times, especially for the younger folks and folks who don't have a lot of experience, Everybody think that there's one type of resume. There is not. Mm-hmm. Uh, people have a tendency to do their resume and they only think of one type of format. There's not. Uh, and so what I would do, a couple of things come to mind. If you're trying to get a UX job and you're transitioning from another discipline, but say you're, let's say you're getting some, some education in UX. So the education in UX actually has more relevance than your experience at this point. So for somebody like that, and I'm sort of in, interjecting that, uh, uh, M. Garcia didn't say that, but I'm just giving a scenario. In mm-hmm. that case, you want to list your education first. 
List your education. If you got a degree, if you went through a program, list that before your experience. And so you'll have your education first. The experience will come second. You could also, uh, as mentioned, you could list your projects that you've worked on from a UX perspective, say if you did something, some type of work that was done in your college program, if you went to that program with Coursera and U of M and there were some things that you did that helped to show what you've been exposed to when it comes to UX workflows and things of that nature, yeah, list your projects second. List that information next. So you wanna make sure, because truth be told, and back up for a moment, we send people resumes as if they're reading them. And not a lot of people are reading your resume. So you need to be able to catch their eye quickly. Mm-hmm. And and by reordering your resume, by not being traditional, throwing the experience, whether it's relevant or not first, and doing the old objective bit at the top, which I don't even see anymore at all, you don't need to follow that. So list your education, list your all your UX-related activity first, then list your experience after that. That way, they will see that you have some professional experience. You know what it's like to be in an office. You may not have done UX work, uh, but but don't think that your experience, even though it's not UX related, don't don't treat it like it does not have value. It does. You just want to make sure you're recognizing things. The other thing I want to mention about this is a lot of people don't know about a functional resume. So you have chronological where you just list all your work and you do everything in order by date, but then you have functional. I have a functional resume. If you look at my, my LinkedIn profile, you will see that everything is presented functional. What do you mean by that, Darren? I have a work history prior to what you see on LinkedIn. Ha ha. Mm -hmm. I have a work Mm -hmm. history prior to that, but none of it is relevant. None of it is. So mm-hmm. since it's not relevant, I don't even show it. It's like, you know, how about having a good UX in your UX resume? Right. And so why show people something? You know, we talk about things like progressive disclosure. How about not bringing something up until it's relevant? That's progressive disclosure. You're just doing it manually. Mm-hmm. So I have been the managing editor of a publication in the nonprofit world for 20 plus years. And I've managed, it hadn't helped me to get a, a management position, but I never talk about it really, but I have managed teams of up to 12, 13, 14 people. But maybe I need to find a way to get that on my resume. But right now it, it's not. So I had a radio show in Detroit for eight years. Uh, I was an umpire for for three years wow. it's you know there there i've done things that that are not on my resume because i have not seen it as being something that would help my candidacy so mm. fun, the functional resume shows only what's relevant say say you had a, a ux job you're going after another ux job and you've got 10 years of experience as as, as uh who say say a, a restaurant manager but you have the last two years in UX and, and maybe there was, um, you know, you, I mean, you come up with all types of different scenarios. It, you just have uh, the situation where your UX work is minimal in nature and your, your other work is, it might be important, but it's not as critical. So you want to be careful how you present that 
Even if you say you did UX and then you jumped to restaurant management, now you want to go back into UX. Tell the story in a way where you are, take that other experience and highlight your accomplishments. Talk about what you did, but make sure that you have a bullet list of the accomplishments because the accomplishments have value, again, no matter what kind of work you were doing. So Mm -hmm. there's ways to structure your resume, but think functional. Think functional uh, in short and, and, and very carefully and methodically plot out the, the order, the way that you, the way that you order things on your, on your resume so that it is relevant. And so you can get their attention quickly because you don't have, I mean, maybe five seconds to get somebody's attention with your resume, truth be told. And a lot of people are running them through some of these software packages, which are God awful. Uh, and they picked the wrong people, but that's just something we all have to deal with. So mm-hmm. make sure you've got the right information and make sure you structure things in the right order. Hello, everybody. This is Darren. Hey, Julia and I were having such a wonderful time, but you know what? The session is so long, I have decided to split it into two separate sessions. So we are going to air the second part of this Q&A session with myself and Julia from the students of UXD on next week. I think that this is a good time to stop and then we'll pick up at that time. So hope you enjoyed it today, but it's time to sign off. This is Darren Hood, the host of the world of UX. Happy UXing everybody. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.